Money FM 89.3, best of drive time. In the spotlight on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon. It is drive time. Elliot Danka, Timothy Go, and Chua Tian Tian with you. It is now time for In the Spotlight. Today, it's the gaming industry in the spotlight. Something, an industry, in fact, that's uh, grown quite exponentially in recent years. Millions of gamers worldwide, mm-hmm. all enjoying a wide range of interactive experiences, I'd say. However, it's a victim of its own popularity. Oh. Of course, it has made the sector a prime target for cyber criminals. Mm. Looking to exploit vulnerabilities. Yeah. So Mm. you've got accounts on these sites, uh, often including things like banking information, like you want to buy skins or games for your your game characters, that sort of thing. (laughs) Don't skin for yourself. (laughs) Um, And that itself, right, those banking information, uh, very valuable. Mm -hmm. Uh, Should it fall prey to data theft? It shouldn't, yeah. but it does. Yeah. So how can the gaming industry protect themselves from cyber criminals? Well, joining us right now, Reinhard Hansen, Director of Technology, Office of the CTO at Imperva. Reinhard, good afternoon. How are you? Yeah, good afternoon, uh, Elliot and Timothy. Um, I'm good. How are you guys? Very good, sir. Thanks so much for taking the time. Cyber criminals targeting the gaming industry. You guys at Imperva are a cyber security software and services company. Uh, tell us a little bit more about uh, your work with regard to cyber security. Well, we're a cyber security vendor that you know specializes in helping our customers protect themselves against uh, you know network, application, mm-hmm. API, and data-centric cyber attacks. We've been you know, around in the industry for, you know, some 20 years, but, uh, you know, still obviously operate at, at the pace of a, a startup and we need to, to be competitive in, in our own space, mm-hmm. right, in, in helping our customers and staying abreast of, of attacks. Yeah, and one of the industries that we certainly help do that for is uh, the gaming industry. All right, uh, let's dive into this cyber threats faced by gaming companies. How bad is the situation? It's certainly real and we have a number of customers that obviously uh, we help you know, defend against a number of different types of cyber attacks that that the industry faces. But, um, you know, I think the lead-in that you had to the segment around, you know, part of it being potential targets for financial theft are are, uh, definitely quite valid. You know, it's just one of the many types of attacks that cyber criminals, you know, target these types of organisations for. And they're prime targets for cyber criminals predominantly because, you know, they obviously transact a large number of transactions and have a huge revenue base, a large number of subscribers that, you know, growing year on year. And that makes them prime targets because with that number of customers, they store a lot of personal information. They store potentially a lot of financial information on their, their subscribers and customers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if cyber criminals can get at that, they can easily monetize it, as we know. And as we've seen uh, through many, many uh, other attacks and, and, you know, data breaches that we've seen you know, across the globe, not just in the Asia-Pacific and Japan region, but mm. certainly across the globe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I do wonder, though, with regard to the cyber threats you talked about, what are we looking at in terms of how these guys are going to evolve? Because the bad guys are, well, sadly, faster than the good guys uh, in the cybersecurity world. Yeah, well, they're always evolving, always using, you know, like everybody in the world, they're, you know, leveraging AI and machine learning and, oh. and automation to formulate a lot of these attacks through the use of, you know, things like bots, right? So um, automated pieces of software that go off and perform a specific targeted task. And it may be something like, um, you know, a lot of these these organisations or gaming organisations are susceptible to things like 
what we call account takeover attacks or credential stuffing attacks where their uh, customers need to log in in order to participate in the gaming environment. But that login point exposes a point of entry for cyber criminals to exploit. And what they do is use bots or software to cycle through dictionaries of credentials that they have. And, and often these are stolen from other attacks. But they can you know, cycle through credentials until they find one that works. And then obviously they, yeah, when they do, they've got the jackpot because they have access to that particular customer's entire account details, including any financial details that they've stored within the, the gaming provider's environment. It's one of the many attacks, mm. but yeah, it's just an example of one. On behalf of gamers themselves, is there anything else that they can do to protect their own information and, and not just mm. rely on gaming companies to protect it for them? Yeah, well, I mean, there is a lot that gaming companies could and should do, but certainly if you're somebody who participates in the gaming environment and, you know, there are a lot of Singaporeans, if we take this back to a Singaporean view, there was a survey done that, that showed that 43% of Singaporeans use or participate in some sort of online gaming on a daily basis, mm -hmm. which is pretty significant. And, you know, with that, they obviously need to be mindful of giving up their credentials and things that they can do to protect themselves, right? Which, um, you know, one of the things they can do is obviously when they're participating in these games, uh, gaming tournaments or any sort of uh, gambling type of activities, use their own personal device if they can, right, or a reputable device. Mm -hmm. Make sure that that device is obviously, you know, these are common sense things, right? Make sure that the device has up-to-date software and is patched and has all the right security updates applied. And, you know, when they're participating or signing up for an account with a gaming provider, you know, make sure that they, they use a unique strong password, right, and, and where there's options to use a second-factor or two-factor authentication, mm -hmm. um, by all means, they should be opting to use that, right? Because it's, it certainly provides a, an additional layer of, of protection against uh, their information being you know, viewed or stolen or misused in some way. And I guess the last thing I'd probably say to anybody that's you know, looking to sign up to some of these online gaming organisations is don't, if you can, leave them with any of your payment details, right? Mm. So... Don't store any credit card details within their service, if possible, as an example, right? But if you need to, then mm -hmm. certainly you know, take an extra step and use payment terms or card details that, that have a low limit so that okay. you, know, you reduce the risk of you succumbing to any sort of financial fraud or financial loss. I mean, Reinhardt, there are certain credit cards uh, which will give you one-time use credit card, for example, okay. specifically for transactions that you may find to be risky or, you know, you can sign up with a payment plan like PayPal or things like that, which would offer some kind of protection. But will that be enough, though, to, to protect your own financial information? Well, yeah. I mean, you always have to expose something about yourself in order to, yeah, mm. get some sort of... Uh, credit or financial capability within these services. So, you know, is it enough? Well, probably no, right? Everything comes down to a risk versus reward, right? Mm -hmm. And if you really want to play in these environments, then there is obviously some risk on the consumer and on, on the, you know, the customer, no matter how good the security is. <laughs> but funny enough, and just to expand a little bit of what both of you have been talking about, what if it's too late and, you know, my data has been breached? What would your advice be on the steps to take after that? in that unfortunate scenario? Uh, well, so certainly if your data has been breached, depending on you know, what data has been stored within the service that you're, you know has been breached, then yeah, there's a number of steps you can take. One would be definitely 
you know, making sure you change all your uh, passwords in other services. And mm-hmm. you know, as a good practice, you shouldn't use the same password across different services, but a lot of people obviously do. Yeah. So first step would be to make sure you update your uh, details in any other service where you're using similar or the same credentials. The other would be you know, to employ some sort of credit monitoring service or capability to keep track of your uh, credit applications being made for credit against your name. There's a lot of those around that you can leverage. But I mean, they would be the two immediate ones that I would recommend if someone is in fear of other people applying for credit on their behalf and, okay. and impersonating them. So like identity theft is obviously you know part of that. And um, yeah, I mean, they'd be the, the two most critical ones, I think, to employ. All right. We've been speaking with uh, Reinhard Hansen, who is Director of Technology, Office of the CTO in Perva. Uh, Reinhard, thank you so much for your time today. Take care and have a great weekend ahead. No worries. Thank you, guys. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.